got your Bibles, Joel chapter 2. What a tremendous honor it is. We've got visitors here today, and we're so glad that many of you are here today. I'm not going to call names. I've met a few, but we're just so delighted that you would be here with us on Sunday morning service in Indian Village Pentecostal Church. And uh, you, you just don't know what you did for us by you just being here today. We're delighted that you're here. We hope that you, you come back again. Not because maybe we're the best looking people, but maybe because you feel the presence of the Lord here. And that you sense there's something different here. Joel chapter 2 and one verse, and then we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 1. But Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. It says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Verse 28, he's basically telling them that there's coming a time that I'm going to pour out of my spirit, God speaking to the people. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ whom having not seen yet love, in whom through now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving an end of your faith, even the salvation of souls, of which salvation, and here it is, the prophets, we just read Job, having inquired, searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. I want to preach to you here today. It's not too good to be true. It's not too good. To be true. Peter was basically saying the prophets were waiting for something to come. And Peter said it like this He said, It's joy unspeakable. Some things you just got to try it, and it'll make sense when you do it. God, I thank you for your people. I thank you for your word. I ask you, anoint our minds and hearts today. Let your spirit have free course in the hearts of all of us here today. Speak to us. Talk to us, God, and help us in our humanity. I ask you in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. I don't know. I wish we had an answer for every question that comes to us in the course of a day. Many of it just simple questions that really probably do not have eternal significance. But uh, to the questions that do have eternal significance, one that just has a resounding impact in my mind and, and heart that I hear 
many times is why do bad things happen to good people? I've done right. I've done what I can. I know uh, I've tried to do my best, but yet why do these things happen? Well, Peter picks up with it when he says, I don't want you to be thrown off guard. When a strange, fiery trial comes against you. When something comes against you that you don't understand. That you don't have a full uh, answer or full disclosure. Maybe even in our limited knowledge of the Word of God. Maybe you are just uh, starting out in living for God. Maybe you've been living for God for 30 years plus. But It doesn't matter when you started, how long you've been living for. Life is going to throw you a hand that you're not going to have the answer for right away. And hopefully in that moment, there's a God consciousness in me and you that I know where to turn. I'm going to turn to Him. And Peter is speaking of something here, but to understand this text, it's almost like we hear and I hear commonly termed, This is just too good to be true. Surely it can't be that easy in living for God. Surely it can't be that easy as just receiving the Holy Ghost and everything's going to just come together. It it just sounds too good to be true. It's kind of like us when we (laughs) publish a clearinghouse and and they say, you just go ahead and sign up and they're going to bring you a check at your door. It's just too good to be true. There are things in life that are just too good to be true. But when it comes to living for God, there are some things that are not too good to be meaning for true. That if you just try a little bit about what God is offering to you and I, I promise you it's going to bring a joy that you've never had before. Peter said it like this. He said it's joy unspeakable. Many of us here today, we shake hands one another and greet one another and you just see joy on us. I can't articulate to you, Brother Mike, how I got joy. I didn't just win the lottery. I didn't just win Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes and I didn't just get a big, big uh, motor home. I didn't just get a brand new house, a brand new car, but I've got a joy that came inside me that I really, it's hard for me to explain unless you really try it. And the joy is when I got the Holy Ghost, my whole world changed, my whole mind changed, my whole family changed. Oh, I need the Indian Village Pentecostals to help me here this morning. Because I don't ever want it to become comfortable. I don't ever want it to become mundane. I want every day I wake up, I want the Holy Ghost to be moving in me. The Spirit of God moving in me. That I know my hope is not in this earth. My hope is in a world to come. We live in an hour where people are so down and out and upset and discouraged and facing trials. That they don't know what to do. We, we, we got more people unhappy and sad and, and moping. And when's the last time just an old smile cracked your face? I'm waiting on some of you to catch up on Sunday morning. Hopefully the rain ain't got us all sad. I got joy that's unspeakable. I can't articulate where it came from. I might not be able to tell you exactly how I got it. It ain't because I just won uh, the lottery or I just got a brand new car. But something I got when I got the Holy Ghost, it gives me joy that I can't explain to you. 
I didn't get it from a doctor. I didn't get it from a psychologist. I didn't get it from some reformation or some social system. I got it when God filled me with his spirit. You see, Peter is trying to tell them something happens when you go through a trial and you got God's spirit living in you. You're able to go through something that you, you cannot get it. That's why people uh, uh, say, that's why people smoke. They're nervous. They're not bad. They're just nervous. And to handle the stress, that nicotine just calms their nerves. It ain't the answer. But yet when you don't know what to do, you turn to things that maybe are not the right answer, but you're desperate in the trial. I wonder what would happen if you and I, when we get desperate, we turn to him. And I ain't got to turn to something that will bring me a calmness, but I'll turn to the God that created me and it'll give me a strength and an ability to overcome whatever I'm facing. The Spirit of God will help you overcome trouble in your marriage. It'll help you overcome substance addiction. It'll help you overcome depression and oppression. Paul, Peter's saying it. It's a joy that's unspeakable. Until you try it, you have no idea. I tell the church, I've told them before, I'm not on crack cocaine. I'm not on speed. There's something in our math. There's something moving in my gut right now that's saying, I'm happy to live for God. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's not something my daddy gave me. My mama maybe didn't give me. A church didn't give it to me. I found it at an altar and I said, God, I need you to help me. Peter said, there's a trial coming, but there's a joy God can give you that will help you through. You ever seen somebody? God's filled them with the Holy Ghost. They've been baptized in Jesus' name. And they just keep on smiling when trouble comes. Just always happy. Just always smiling, Brother Mike. It's like nothing ever, ever stops them. You think, man, uh, Sister Katie's like that. Sister Katie's suffering with cancer in her body. And every time I talk to her, she's, God's got this. Brother Benoit, God's got this. Such high, well, How does a person suffering with cancer always keep saying, God's got this. God's got this. Did she get some special theology degree from a Bible school? Not so. Did she get some some special mom and daddy that put her? Not so. I'll tell you what Sister Katie's secret is. Is she got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's God's spirit living in that body. And she spoke with another tongue. That's how we know she got it. And now she can look at a trial. I'm speaking to some of you today. You're facing a trial. And God's telling you the only answer is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It'll give you joy that a pill can't give you. It'll give you a joy that nobody's going to understand it's what makes my veins pop out on a Sunday morning he said that's a crazy preacher you need to hear me I might be crazy brother Mike 
but I got the joy that I feel of the Lord moving inside of me. It doesn't matter what may come against me, folks. I was laid up in a hospital bedroom, bung up, banged up, and they didn't think I was ever going to make it. But out of all of that, God gave me joy because there's nothing that could ever come against me that I can't overcome. If I got God, I've got everything I need to make it through whatever I'm facing. The Old Testament prophet Joel said these people were facing Joel. This is 2,000 years ago. Actually, 2,800 years ago. They're facing imprisonment. They're facing what the scripture calls Babylonian captivity. Israel was a great thriving nation, but because they chose to go against God, they chose to rebel against God, they chose to do it their own way. God said, I got a way of bringing you back. See, here's what you and I have got to always remember. We are God's prized possession. And God will let things come in our life not to destroy you, not to kill you. God's not against you. God is for you. But he lets a little bit come into your life that's a little bit uncomfortable. Marital problems, health problems, kid problems, church problems, social problems, economical problems, whatever it may be. But it's not because God's against you. It's God trying to draw you closer to him that you and I in a state of need realize I ain't got this on my own. I can't make this by myself. I can't figure out how to get out of this problem. But if I can find God, God will make a way for me where there is no way. He'll heal me of cancer. He'll heal me of heart disease. He'll put my family back together. If that be Kids of Israel are incarcerated. The Babylonians are coming to take them captive. Imprisoning them in the chains and fetters of bondage. Restricting their living for God. Stopping them from doing what God created them for. And in a, thank God for a prophet. Old prophet rose up, Joel, as the Spirit of God moved on him. He didn't have the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost wasn't given yet. The ability of God to live in man wasn't there yet. That was coming down the road. All they had was just a God consciousness and, 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 and an ability to hear God's word and law and to know Okay, I got to take it and somehow I've got to be able to incorporate it into my life without an inward power to accomplish it. You talk about a frustrated living. Ain't nothing more frustrating than to know God's not in you and you're trying to make everything happen yourself. You're trying to make something work yourself. You're trying to work. What do you think this world is going through right now? They're struggling trying to make ends meet. One dollar to another. One paycheck to another. They're trying to do everything they can to try to make ends meet. Because there's a void in here. When I'd walk the streets of San Francisco from job to job, I'd see people on those streets for the Bushnell. Their faces were so heavy 
with life. The cares of life. The cares of trying to put things together and make a living and try to make things happen. And even at times I would pass them on the street and I'd say, how are you today? And it so caught them off guard that they would literally be walking and when I'd say it, they, they'd jolt back. Because they had somebody that stopped long enough to just care. If you hear anything I say here today, hear this. God cares where you are. God knows where you are. That's why God sends people into me in your life that you thought, well, why are they in my life? I'll tell you why they're in there, your life. God's trying to shake you and get you to make an abrupt stop and say, you're going down a road you don't need to be going. And God puts somebody in your life to say, hey, God cares about you. God knows where you are because God's trying to show you and I. It is real. It's not too good to be true. You mean getting the Holy Ghost could change my life? Yes. The Holy Ghost can do what a doctor can't do. A psychologist can't do. Donald Trump can't do. The officials can't do. And Joel steps up and says, the children of Israel are facing imprisonment. And the prophet Steps up and says, after a while. What does that mean, Brother Wade? That means you're going to have to go through some things in life that I don't like. But God said, after a while, God knows what you can take. He said, I'll never put more on you than you can bear. But with every temptation, I'll make a way of escape, Brother Mark. I know your load that you're under. I know the worry in your mind. I know the fear that bombards you every morning when your feet hit the floor and that old fear comes and says, I'm going to take your life. I'm going to take your family. I'm going to take your finances. You're going to lose your job. And that old fear torments you. See, God said, I'll never put more on you. But it's in that moment, Brother Mark, I didn't learn when that old fear comes knocking and saying what it's going to do to me or my family or my kids. I know enough about God that he'll never put more on me. And I'll turn to God in that moment and say, uh-uh, God's for me. And if God be for me, nothing can ever defeat me. That's your word, God. And your word never changes. The children of Israel are incarcerated now. Ain't nothing more frustrating than to be bound. Incarcerated. I read just a statistic the other day. It said 67% of men that come out of our federal penal systems, 67% of them return right back to their addictions and crimes. Not good statistics. I thank God for our systems. I thank God for, for the systems we have and their effort to trying to rehabilitate and transform. But you need to hear me. The only thing that can really transform a man is that he has an encounter with the God of creation and God feels that man or feels that woman with his presence 
I can't just have him out here. I need him in here because it's in here my mind gets to working and I don't know what I'm going to do. Can I get anybody and to be honest today say my worst enemy is my mind. <laughs> worried about, worried, fearful, lack of confidence, guilt for mistakes of yesterday. I live with my regrets. I wasn't saved since the womb. I didn't live for God all my life. And I did some things I regret. Brother Jackson, you talked about yours today. I regret what I did. I regret what I said. I regret where I went. And the old enemy knows just how to remind me. Every time I try to make a move towards God, a decision, the enemy reminds me of what I once was. See, but here's what happens. When God fills you with his spirit, you're baptized in his name. You go down in a water. Here's what happens. Your past gets washed away. God don't remember it no more. So when you're baptized in Jesus' name and God fills you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the enemy might remember and you may remember. But God looks at it and says, I'm not going to give you this miracle because of your past. I'm going to give it to you because you ain't got no past. You've obeyed my word. You followed me with your heart. And now I'll do something for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. I know men that have shot and killed people. And I preached to them in Los Angeles. Shot and killed people. You wouldn't even sit on a pew with them probably. Afraid they packing a derringer under their coat and going to snot and pop you. That's Los Angeles. You ought to see what comes in our services there. But it's too late. I done seen what God can do. God can take the most stubbornest heart and take that heart that's so stubborn and begin to work and squeeze the fire out of that heart and say, you think you got it all together? Let me show you what really I can do because I care about you and I'm reaching for you and I want to do something in you. See, that's God's love. We look at trials and say, that's God's hate towards us. It ain't God's hate. It's God's love because God would rather you and I be saved and in right relationship with him than it would be for us to be lost And Joel stepped up. Thank God for a preacher that'll tell the truth. Tell me what I can do to please God. Not what I got to do. What can I do to bring God closer to me? See, I don't want that mindset. Brother Tyrone that says, what I got to do. What I got to do. That's what the world says. What I got to do. What I got to do to make God happy? That's what our kids tell us. What I got to do to shut you up, mama? Come on, y'all just get honest. You know good and well that's what they say. And you switch them for that. It ain't working. They still going to say it. Because it's in the human nature. What I got to do? Just enough to get by. And that's it. But you may tell you the personality and the question that God blesses. Is one that says, oh, just show me what I got to do. Show me what I can do. Show me, God. Lead me to that place that I can be pleasing unto you and get you closer to where I am. 
Joel gave them an answer. He said, you're incarcerated. You're in a pickle. You're in a problem. (laughs) But after a while, it's going to pass. And there's coming a day that God's going to pour out of his spirit. God who is I'm God who is everywhere. God's like oxygen. Can I just be simple? God's like oxygen. I just sniffed it. I just sniffed it, God. <laughs> Come on, y'all hang with me today. I'm telling you, the rain's got everybody just blue, 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 blue. God's like oxygen. He feels everything. So he can be here. But yet he's not in here. He's everywhere. But the only place he cannot go, watch me, without your permission, is in here. Now think about it. God can go anywhere. God can do anything. He made water come out of a rock. That'd be like water coming out of this two by four or one by whatever. If God can do that, I've heard people say, Some things God can't do. And it's true. He cannot violate your will that says no. He's here. But what brings him there? What brings a joy in just life that you're not going to get from some tangible thing? Peter's trying to tell us Joel spoke about it way back then. But think about the American dream. What's the American dream? Get stuff. Accumulate stuff. Why? Because we're so unhappy. And we think if we get something, it's going to change everything. When really the only way a true change can come in me and your life is that we make a decision to live for God with all our heart. That's why I'm trying to tell you, it's not too good to be true. It's that easy. Is there anybody here that God's filled you with His Spirit and you face insurmountable challenges of life, but you're still here and you still got your joy? Is there anybody that God's filled you with His Spirit? You've been baptized in His name that you could give testimony to the enemy. I thought I was going to lose my mind, but I'm still here. I thought I was going to lose every bit of my emotion, but I'm still here. And I worship Him with lifted hands and declare that God can do anything if you let Him. And Joel's prophecy was... There's coming a day. But now here's what Peter kicked in and said. Joe didn't even know what was coming. He only had a picture, but not full understanding of what God meant when he said, I'm going to pour out of my spirit. Joe didn't understand it. He just declared it, but didn't know it. And Peter says, those prophets desired to have what we've got. But they couldn't have it. How sad of a dilemma and plight in life that you and I are afforded something so beautiful from God, but yet cannot come to a decision to say. But the enemy comes and says, that's too good to be true. You mean to tell me getting the Holy Ghost, living for God, 
selling out everything for God. You mean to tell me it's too good to be true? You mean to tell me by doing that, everything's going to just... No, there's going to be trials. The difference is you just called the one that can help you make it through that trial to come in you in that trial. Now, I'm not doing it by myself no more. I don't know how to be a good daddy. I don't know how to be a good husband. I don't know how to be a good man of God. But I know one that if I let him work in me, he'll teach me how to be a man of God. He'll teach me how to be a husband. He'll teach me how to be a son. He'll teach me how to be a good daddy. He'll teach me how to be a good friend. The Holy Ghost makes all the difference in the world. But we've got to be willing... Joel didn't know, didn't see it. All he could do was declare, there's something coming that's going to change everything. There's something that's going to happen that's going to change everything for humanity. The question is, when it comes, will you be in a position To receive what God has. What sad story would be. To hear what God has. But then to have to go through trials and storms. That you didn't have to go through. Because of my lack of choice. I made. I chose, Brother Charlie, to get up this morning. I chose to pray this morning. I chose to worship God this morning. I chose to lend my heart and mind to the voice of God for a message this morning. I chose that. And here's the result, the reward for my choice. I've got joy, Brother Charlie, that I can't explain to you how or why. I just got a joy. That's moving in my heart. It's nasty outside and y'all got four inches of rain and I didn't get none. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Jesus. Y'all don't know my story, but I flood. I just a little spit and I flood. (laughs) So I'm not glad y'all got it, but I'm glad I didn't get it. (laughs) But I got joy, Brother Butch. My old friends don't get it. They say, you joined the church, Benoit. No, no, no. I didn't join a church. A church didn't do that. I'm glad I went and I heard something in the church. So it's got a benefit. But the church came. That's why people sit on pews and they think because they came to church that it's all going to work out. That's a good step. That's a good beginning. But until when I come, I let his spirit work in me. Nothing's ever going to change. Nothing's going to change. It'll stay the same. But they don't understand it. They think, naturally, you just went to that old crazy Pentecostal church. They think we nuts, Brother Butch. And I really ask one say, who's the nuttier one? You get knocked out, intoxicated, hung over the next morning, don't know what you did. Who's crazier, me or you? I wake up in the morning and know what I did last night. And I don't only just wake up knowing what I did. I wake up with joy. (laughs) 
I wake up with joy. I wake up with a feeling that says, hey, I'm right with God. I'm not guilty. I ain't got a bad conscience. I found something in God that no man can give me. A denomination can't give me. Shaking a hand can't give me. But I met him at an altar. And I lifted my hands and I said, God, forgive me of what I've done. And God said, that's what I've been waiting for. It's not too good to be true. service like this morning and you're frustrated because you've been incarcerated you maybe not be in a physical prison but you've been in a prison of hopelessness a prison of fear a prison of unbelief a prison of depression a, a prison of uh, just things that you can't explain you've been in a prison and somebody under the sound of my voice here this morning is tired of being in a prison you're tired of being a 67% statistic that says you're going to go right back to how you started somebody's tired of it today well I'm like the prophet Joel I'm telling you there's something coming your way if you'll open your heart if you'll open your spirit if you'll open your mind and let God do a work forget me the preacher forget the person you're sitting by you forget about what it's going to cost you and realize it's not too good to be true the Holy Ghost living in you changes everything if somebody saw me taking off my coat you'd think he's about to preach another hour I'm not. Y'all get ready. I'm almost done. Joe said something coming. Now, it's not a coincidence. Folks, this is Old Testament. Joe saying, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh, Brother Mike. So they've been waiting for 2,800 years. They've been waiting for 800 in three years. We've been 2,800. But for 800 something years, they waited for God's spirit to be poured out. Can you be thinking in your mind to be waiting for 800 years? I can't wait one day. I can't wait one day, Brother Wade. I'm so impatient. God, oh, and I ain't praying for it because I don't want it right now. They say, pray for patience, you'll get it. Yeah, well, I ain't ready for that prayer. (laughs) They waited 800 years, Brother Jackson. 800 years for a prophecy that Joel spoke. Something's coming that's going to change your imprisonment. And they waited. And they waited. For God to do what he said he would do. Who here today, you've been waiting for God to do something in your life. And it might be 10 years. It might be only five months. Can I help you? Don't give up. Don't give up. Because God's working even when you can't see him working. I love that song. God's working 
even when I can't see him. Because my problem is, if I don't see him working, I think he's not working. Let me tell somebody, he's working on your daughter. He's working on your son. He's working on your family. And if you'll just hang in there, the same prophet that spoke it, somebody spoke it to you in prayer, or someone gave you a prophecy, God's going to bring it to pass, just like he said he would. God can't lie. Man lies. God don't lie. And his word does not lie. And his word does not change. And they're waiting. And finally, finally, the Bible says, New Testament now. Old Testament's done, fulfilled, done. New Testament, Acts chapter 2. Does anybody remember it? Does anybody remember it? Peter, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, God said, what? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there came a sound as a rushing mighty wind from heaven and it filled the house with, and there appeared in them cloven tongues as a fire and it sat upon each of them. And they were all what? Filled with the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God, they were filled. Where that Spirit had been out here and the Spirit of God had been operating out here because they waited and they held on to their faith and they kept believing for God. There came now an experience that was going to change the playing field. They now were filled with the Spirit that had been out here now filled them. And what did Peter say? And they all started talking in another tongue. And everybody downstairs, it was nine o'clock in the morning. It was nine in the morning and everybody downstairs said, they're drunk at nine in the morning. Nobody really gets drunk at nine in the morning. But nine o'clock in the morning... People downstairs is listening to them talking in tongues upstairs in that upper room and they're hearing something that seems too good to be true. And watch me. Let me qualify this real quickly. That everybody outside the house that was looking and hearing upstairs, watch, everybody on the outside were Grecians, Egyptian. It gives a list. They were of every different denomination. And they said, how is it I can hear my native tongue up there? I'm an Egyptian. I'm, an, I'm a Greek. I'm a Persian. I'm a, and each one of them heard their own language upstairs. It's too good to be true. And the crowd, like we got today, This can't happen. You can't preach her. You are out your mind. The Holy Ghost don't make that big of a difference. We want it to be included. We want it to fit in. Part of the crowd. But now God's saying, you did all that, Brother Jackson. Why don't you try my spirit? Why don't you let me do something for you that nothing the world can ever offer you? Let me do something. What stops it? Look in the mirror. That's it. 
You choose your change. We choose to say. Who was it today in men's prayer? They prayed. Brother Terry Bush. Now, who was it this morning in prayer? They prayed. And they said something about it. Was it Brother y'all's father was on the porch and they got to praying? Brother Clifton? And it was their family? Isn't that the one you said this morning? Spirit of God moved on them, but they had to make a choice to get up off that front porch. They weren't even here, if I heard it right. But the Spirit of God moved all the way over there, and they made a choice to say, I'm going to try what them old crazy Pentecostals are doing down the road. And they walked in the back door or they got the Holy Ghost there. However it was, the power of God moved regardless because of a choice. And they were in that upper room and they heard every language. And they said downstairs, how is it we hear our language? And throw for me fast. Acts chapter 2 verse 15. And they heard that language downstairs not having received the Spirit yet. They said, how could it be? And Peter stepped up. The same book I just read out of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. Peter said, it's an unspeakable joy. Peter steps up on the day of Pentecost and says, these guys ain't drunk. This is not too good to be true. You think it's too good to be true that the Holy Ghost cannot make that kind. You think it's, it's not that easy. Peter says, hold on. They're not drunk. Next verse. Now. For this is that which was spoken of the prophet Joel. What he's saying is, is this. There was a promise a long time ago saying there was a coming a day that the spirit of God's going to live in man. And when that spirit comes, it's going to change your life. Peter's saying, this is the day. This is the that that we've been waiting for that's going to change our life. Is, is the that and Peter said go to the next verse it's a good one too and it shall come to pass he starts quoting Job in the last days folks I don't know if you and I really understand what we got I really don't know because here's what's happened. We've lived for God for 20 years. And now it's just like this message today for some. See, this is what we can't see for some. I've heard that already. I've been hearing that since I was just a little bitty old boy. Since I was a little bitty. And see, I look across this congregation and say, where's the joy? You let life steal your joy. And God said, there's a joy that's unspeakable that comes with the Holy Ghost. If you and I don't have joy, we need a good baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you and I can't stand our feet and begin to tell God, God, I thank you today. My life ain't perfect. I ain't got everything together. But I want the joy in my spirit that I can't even speak about. But it's just there. He said, in the last days, I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters, we're in the hour for it to happen. And Peter didn't stop there. After they got done with that whole lesson, and he said, this is the prophecy being fulfilled. You know what their response, and it should be me and your response, say, everybody in this building, preacher included, 
What do I need to do to be saved? I'm preaching to people here today, you got the Holy Ghost. You still need to ask the question, what do I need to do to be saved? My religion is in vain if I miss heaven. I'm going to say that one more time for somebody. God's not going to look down at me and you and say, well, you showed up. He's going to say, did you obey my word? And they said, what do I need to do? And Peter, like a good Pentecostal preacher. preacher Peter was a Pentecostal preacher, y'all. He was a Pentecostal preacher. I'd find me a Pentecostal preacher that preaches truth. And Peter said, I'm glad you asked the question because I already got the answer. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. See, the problem is the sin issue. You can't fix, you can't get good enough to get God. (laughs) And on that day, he said, for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, I got a good one. Watch this one, Brother Butch. On that day, the Spirit of God poured out on all those 120 in the upper room. Do you know who was in the upper room, Brother Butch? Mary. Mary, Mary, quite contrary. The mother of Jesus was in the upper room. She didn't have the Holy Ghost before. She never talked in tongues before. But if Mary got the Holy Ghost and talked in tongues, I'm going to make sure I get the Holy Ghost and talk in tongues. Is there anybody here you've had the Holy Ghost, but you just want God to do it again? And God just refill you again. Lift your hands all across this building. Come on, I can't make you get the Holy Ghost. I can't give you the Holy Ghost. But here's what I want you to do. Peter said, repent. Here's what we're going to do together. As a family, grab the hand to the person next to you. Stand with me all across this building. Grab their hand. And I want us to all come together to the front. You're not joining the church by coming. We're not going to sprinkle dust on you. We're not going to shake you. Nobody's going to touch you. We just believe in family. And we just want you to come with our family. Visitors, we invite you here today. But grab the hand and come. And when you get that hand, I want you to lift it to heaven. And let's all begin to talk to God right now. Begin to talk to Him right now. God, forgive me. Forgive me today. Let's just let good old-fashioned repentance move across this building. Come on, Indian Village. God's granting a spirit of repentance to some here today. We've got visitors in the altar that need the Holy Ghost. We need to lead them 